Welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, featuring Christian entrepreneurs to inspire and empower Christian business owners to walk strongly in their faith while building a thriving business that honors Him in every way. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast brought to you by the Influence Alliance, which is the membership program for coaches and consultants who want to build a profitable and scalable business while launch and grow a successful podcast to make a much bigger impact in the world with their message. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says, focus on your thoughts so your thinking goes there your being goes. Choose who is in control of you. Now, joining me on today's show is Rebecca Contreras. Rebecca, she is the author of Lost Girl, From the Hood to the White House to Millionaire Entrepreneur, which recounts her journey from becoming a welfare-dependent teenage mother to advising a sitting president to driving a successful 100-person company. Rebecca, she is a social and business entrepreneur who spent nearly 12 years with the George W. Bush legacy, first in Texas as his director of HR, then in D.C. in the White House as a commissioned officer supporting the presidential transition. She started her 15-year service in government in a welfare-to-work program for Texas icon Anne Richards and achieved tremendous heights in her success. Now, after serving in government for 15 years and cutting her teeth in consulting 10 years ago, Rebecca co-founded Avantgarde, which has now grown into a thriving public sector consulting practice with over 100 team members spread across seven states. On today's show, Rebecca is going to share lean on trust, learn to trust God no matter what happens around you or to you. She's going to talk about lean into purpose, where you are today isn't where you will be tomorrow lean into grit, learn to fail forward, learn from your mistakes and your losses. Welcome to the show, Rebecca. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. It's fabulous to be here with you and your listeners. Uh, What an impressive introduction. Your experience is vast. I am sure you've got so many stories and lessons. And of course, you're going to share a number of those today for our audience. If you were to go back and and uh, you may have been asked this question before, but if you go back to that young woman who was back in the hood, was welfare dependent and would whisper one thing, knowing what you now know, through all the experiences that you've had, what would that be? Gosh, you know, um, that would have to be a learn to love me um, and love who I am. Uh, So I lacked so much self-confidence, Anne-Marie, early, early on in my life. And it was really, I tell the whole story in the first three chapters of my book, it was plagued by trauma and abuse and neglect. And when I came to know the Lord at age 19, it was a rough ride because I had I already had 19 years of, you know, not loving myself and not valuing myself. And uh, I, I would certainly uh, look look at that, you know, the teenager, young adult and say, just just love you, because nobody I always tell people nobody's going to love you like you love you here on Earth. Certainly we're loved by our Heavenly Father, but on earth, we're it. (laughs) There's other people around us that will love us, but it's important for us to love and accept 
ourselves. I love that. And it reminds me of a conversation I had with someone today and uh, talking about, you know, giving and the power of giving, which is so true. But if we can't give to ourselves first, how on earth and in the right way, how on earth are we able to give to others? That's not going to deplete us. And it's the same with loving. We so often do love others, our family, those close around us. But is that you know, do we understand that of ourselves? And if we can't love ourselves to a level of degree that you're talking about, how on earth um, are we going to be able to do that to others, but also accept love from others as, as well? Can I ask you, if you don't mind, Sherry, what was it that at the age of 19, had you come to experience the Lord, accept him as your Lord and Saviour? What was that? Was it a number of situations or well, was it? Yeah, I'll tell you, it was it was a number of things that led over a three or four year period. Um, and and it's it's a, a big story. So I'll, I'll leave it to your listeners to get the book. But my mother was um, a very dysfunctional mother young in my life and had a lot of addiction issues. And she abandoned us and left us to the welfare system and the whole thing. But she had an encounter with God um, when I was uh, about seven years old and um, kicked the addiction and, and gave her heart to God. And from the time that, that that happened all the way through 19, she she still dealt with a lot of her own trauma and what I call dysfunction because she didn't fully heal from that. But she prayed for me relentlessly, especially in my young teen life when I started spiraling out of control. She always said, honey, I know that I did like I didn't raise you right. And I you're probably like that because of me. But I know my heavenly Father's not going to fail me. And she would pray for me. I would find her in my room at 15 years old when I would sneak back in the house at three in the morning, you know, blasted out of my brain, praying. I would find her in my room on her knees, praying over my bed. And she was just a relentless prayer warrior for me. And things started to unravel in my life at a very fast uh, pace. You know, I always tell people my two purposes pre-Jesus were prison or death. And that's the trajectory I was on. And it was that relentless faith of my mother to really believe God for me when I didn't believe in myself and didn't want anything to do with God. Um, he encountered me in such a supernatural way. And then at 19, I gave my heart to the Lord and met my husband, who was an inner city youth minister working with inner city kids where I grew up. And we started working with the outreach together. And I found my purpose. I found, hey, I have a purpose in life. And yes, I messed up the past, you know, four or five years of my life, but I can, God can start over for, for me and I can, I can begin again and got around the people that believed in me and mentored me and invested in Rebecca when I didn't believe in myself. And that investment of people over a three or four year period really put me on a great path for success. Thank goodness for our mothers who are prayer warriors, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I, I, and I love that because, you know, so often uh, we may be mothers ourselves and fathers who are praying for our children and um, just holding that faith and, and that prayer is so important. It plants seeds, doesn't it? And the Lord is always working in the background um, and leading his children to him. And what I think is so important is for people who may be searching, often, um, you know, what we're searching searching for is right there in front of us, but we often go searching for the places that are empty, that end us, uh, you know, end up leaving us unfulfilled and uh, true fulfillment, joy, all of that is in the Lord. And then we really can step in and, and as you said, use our gifts and talents to be able to well, obviously um, whatever field that we're in, we're talking about business today and making an impact, but uh, wherever the Lord places you, I love that. Let's talk about trust. I mean, we could 
have a whole show on, on this, but leaning on trust, but learning to trust God no matter what happens around you or to you. Indeed. Well, so, you know, there's my favorite scripture, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not into your own understanding, but in all of our ways, not just a piece of our ways, but every single way that's business, that's family, that's marriage, that's community. And so that's one of my favorite scriptures. But, you know, uh, Anne-Marie, because I was abused and abandoned and neglected as a child, I didn't trust anybody. I didn't I didn't trust uh, even even the people that came around me early on, I had to learn to trust. But before you can trust people, you have to learn to trust God because our Heavenly Father, who really has our best interest at heart, He wants that trust. He wants that relationship where we lean into Him and trust Him. And so that's something I learned very early on uh, in through through searching the Bible. And I was in a Bible, Bible school program called Fire Institute, which was a 12-week intense Bible study on what God said in the scriptures about who he is and who you are in him. And I just began to re-engineer my mind and my thinking about, about who I was, because trusting God when you don't know who you are is a difficult thing to do uh, because, you know, you, you, you've got to re-engineer your thought process through through scripture study, through prayer, through meditation, through counseling. And so for me, it's about, about it's been about leaning in for God's purpose for me. Another great scripture is the Jeremiah 29, 11, because guess what? He knows the plans he has for us and learning to trust God in that plan, even when things don't make sense. And even when they get so difficult that you don't know which way is up. Um, and trust me, in Lost Girl, there are so many stories in there about literally my rock bottom moments where I literally lost lost it all and had to lean on Jesus and trust him at a whole new level of faith. And it's a learned behavior, I believe. Um, and I believe it starts in our thought process, but it also carries out in our heart and our spirit and then in our actions. So true. And, and one of the things that uh, I've often heard people say that when it comes to leaning on and, and really trusting the Lord, there's a level of surrender that seems so foreign to us as, as humans that we often talk about independence and being in control. Yet when it comes to what we know that we should do, because as you say, the Lord has our best interest at heart. Sometimes it is walking through those valleys of the shadow of, of you know, of death. And it's like, well, I don't really want to go through that. But when we lean on him and surrender, when it comes out the other end, we are in a place that we would not have been able to to travel to had it been on our own, you know, our own stead. Is that what you found through your journey? Uh I, I will tell you, I, I can give you a recent live example of here we are with the with the with the pinnacle of our success as a company. We've had double digit growth year uh, every year. Um, you know, people are wanting our services. We're rocking and rolling. And two weeks ago, I lost a big double digit 30 plus million dollar contract literally ripped away. That was mine. Gone like overnight. Um, I felt like I had been sucker punched. And when I was on Zoom, when I got the news that this was our work gone. My husband saw me, he immediately made me sign off a Zoom and we went to the living room to pray. And he said, babe, hold on just a second. We're, we're gonna get a hold of God here. And I had to, I literally felt like physically my heart was shutting down. I was palpitating really fast. You know, I started sweating. Like my body was being impacted by this loss. And through that time with prayer with him and just talking for the next couple of hours about what does this loss mean? You know, it's not the end of the world. We, we win some, we lose some. And processing that loss with my coach 
over the last couple of weeks, it's like night and day difference in how I trust God now. It's okay. If I lost that contract, that means he has something better. And just trusting that, that is a difficult thing to do when everything hits the fan, Anne-Marie, and you don't know which way is up. But as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, we have to lean in, even in the losses that make it difficult for us to understand the why behind the loss. Yeah. And you know what I love about those stories is that when a door closes, you know when you have lent in and you have faithfully continued to follow, the reward that comes after that is just, again, something that um, you would not have, have expected. And it's it's such a reconfirmation around that trust. And often, I'm sure if you look back over your business, there are business decisions or, or areas that you felt um, that was probably foreign to how everyone else does business, but you just felt it was right. You made the decision and it led to situation. That's what happens when you follow the Lord, isn't it? It's like when Noah was building the ark, everyone thought he was in, you know, like what are you out in the middle of, you know, nowhere. The Lord knew what was coming and was preparing his child, us now, same thing, same God, you know, back in the Bible now and, and forever. So often preparing for something that's coming that we have no idea about, but we need the lessons and and the the foundations. I'm sure you've got many examples of that as well. Exactly. I will tell you, and and I believe that we even get tested sometimes, you know, and I, there's this whole theory around, does God test? Does he, I believe there's tests that come our way to see if we're going to apply our biblical values and do the right thing or, or, or take the path of least resistance to, to make the dollar. Right. And we've been known at Avant-Garde, I've been known for stepping in and literally giving up a contract because they weren't treating our people right. And all the team was in an uproar because they didn't, they weren't being treated right. And people were leaving left and right, you know, and I had to step in and say, we we're not the right vendor for you because you don't, we value our people and you're not valuing our people and walk away from that business. We're talking millions of dollars. And so, you know, that was a test for me. Am I going to sit and year after year after year, allow someone or month after month after month to to mistreat our people? Because our value at AG is we love our people. That's our value. That's our DNA. It's client first, people always. That's our DNA. So it's stuff like that that happens that you have to really check your spirit and say, okay, what is what is God trying to teach me through this moment? And what if, what what am I hearing and feeling? And then take it to prayer and then do the right thing in that in that moment. Yeah. And, you know, around the testing and so forth, I mean, I'm sure that each and every one of us has situations where we're not really sure at the time of why this is, you know, why is this happening to me? But it may be that if we backtrack some of the decisions that we had been making or exactly we, you know, the Lord knows that if you follow this path, this is where you're going to end up. So what I'm doing is I am caught, you know, or or he sometimes allows us to continue to move on till all of a sudden we go, all right, I need to change back in where do you want me to go lord and and again there there are sometimes just no answers right there and then but if we ask for them and we trust going back to that trust there yes. will always be clarity down Indeed, the track. I, I will recommend uh, one of the study bibles i use is john maxwell's leadership bible yeah. and his leadership bible breaks down every kind of characteristics of leadership in all the scriptures and he gives a lot of helpful tips on how to handle things like empowerment um growth of the business you know just simple entrepreneur things, but deep, rich scriptural references to those items. 
And I oftentimes just go through that that Bible and and look at his tips and think, oh, this is what I need to do. I get clarity around that. But even just searching it out as an entrepreneur to knowing, because listen, God knows our heart. He knows we want to do the right thing. We're all in it to do the right thing. But sometimes because we're surrounded and we're in a world that's fallen and we're in a world with chaos and crises and you know, in my in my field in government and political government in general, there's a lot of negativity right now, a lot of toxicity going on. So how am I going to as an entrepreneur stay centered around all that toxicity? You know, yeah. it's through the scriptures and through the faith of trusting God. Yeah. And you, uh, you just could, you would not know how to do it any other way, isn't it? The first thing, I mean, I've heard of entrepreneurs who are often uh, were just so busy, 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 and were looking at for a specific coaching to be coached by someone who was also a Christian. And they said, you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. And so often as businesses, we think, and we're going to talk about this in a moment, we talk, we're talking about the hustle and so forth. But as Christian entrepreneurs, we often know it's not the fat, you know, the fast pace, the busyness, but actually slowing down, checking into the Lord. And I've heard of businesses that have doubled and doubled and tripled. They took a day off, whatever that might be for you, not saying everybody has to do this, but whatever fits for you, a day off a month or whatever it might be, a a couple of hours every morning, whatever, to spend time in prayer and in the Bible, reading books through, you know, through um, the biblical kingdom principles and so forth. And that has been so impactful as them as a leader. And it shows, I mean, if we want to stand out in business and whatever, you know, field that you're in, it's not going to be very difficult when you take a kingdom, a Jesus focused approach, that's going to stand out from all of the other businesses who are often doing the opposite, isn't it? It is. And, 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 you know, we apply those, those biblical values to the way we govern and lead. So I'll give you an example. Uh, So at AG, we've had organic growth. So we've grown through our reputation and through delivering and where we've been asked to do more. So we started with one agency and now we're with 15 and we do also uh, service. uh, We we sub to some private sector firms. So we're an HR consulting company. We do all things HR, Um, but that organic growth, there's a, vendors come a dime a dozen contractors come a, dime a dozen for every proposal you submit there's 50 other proposals so what's going to make you stand apart so we've been able to transition ourselves from that tr- from that vendor consultant to trusted advisor yes. so when you become a trusted advisor all of a sudden there's a differentiator there right so people want to do business with you because they trust you and how are you going to build that trust if your people don't trust you as a ceo and yeah. if you're not showing that trust how are you going to replicate yourself through your management team who then replicates themselves in their hiring? And it's that trust factor of the DNA layered into everything we do. Another example of that is we have a, 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 a strategy called we lead with love. Uh, what does that look like? How do you lead as a CEO with love? My my February blog on our avant-garde page talks about this, lead with love. What does that mean? It, it means taking care of your employees and listening and developing them and really caring for them as an individual, especially right now during this last two years of craziness with COVID. People are hurting. People are afraid. People And, and they're not going to be top performers if if they don't feel loved, because yes. guess what? They can go work for somebody else um, and then hop from job to job, but they have to p- feel part of your a part of your value system. And so for us, it's about loving our people and caring for them, making sure they have the time off with this virtual environment, giving them extra time to do yoga or to, 
you know, or to, or to listen to them or do, you know, a brown bag session about talk about what you're feeling or what you're going through. But we have found different methods to make sure people understand that we love them first. And, and then, and then we want them to perform, but first we love them. Yeah. You know what I love about that? I mean, is things make so much sense. And when you look at it that way, I mean, if you provide the right environment, uh, people will thrive because they feel safe and there is trust. And it's quite interesting that you should say this and it beautifully segues into the next point about leaning into purpose because where we are today isn't where we will be tomorrow. And when you look at the growth that your business has had, it starts something, and when, you, when we talk about trust, I think for me, trust is 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 one of my core values. And, you know, when to build trust doesn't just happen overnight. It should be part of who you are. That's why I say you live and you love, you know, you live it and you breathe it. it. It trickles through everything that you do in business, but it's something that you do day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. And that trust continues to become very much part of the reputation of who you're at. You can't just say, well, trust me. I mean, often when people say you can trust me, then automatically you go, right. you know what I mean? That's the kind of thing that you right. show people. You don't shouldn't you? have to say it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about leaning into purpose because I'm sure there are businesses today that have heard your introduction and think, I want to be where Rebecca is. But I'm sure that it is through leaning in per into purpose and so forth, that steady growth, leaning into the Lord, everything that you've spoken about. But what are some insights here specifically? Well, so um, I, there, there is, uh, for me, it's about, it's dual purpose. So I, we, my husband and I have a nonprofit and we serve We've served thousands of kids here in the inner city, little Rebecca's that come out of single parent, broken homes, you know, inner city. Um, and so I always say avant-garde is what I do to make money, but our nonprofit launchpad is what we do to make impact and make a difference. And for me, it's about measuring the bottom line. As, as an entrepreneur, we are spread so thin across so many different things. And if we don't keep our eye on what is the purpose of why we are in business, like, what's the end goal? What's the end sight, right? It's very easy to get spread so thin and, and to try to be all things to all people. And then you don't boot, you don't move the bottom line. So I have my rule of three. And my rule of three is it has to be purpose driven. Like, what is what is what does it mean? And how is it going to add to my purpose, my purpose in community impact? Right. So we we want to do more with the community. We want to serve. Um, you know, our church and, and obviously give philanthropically to causes that are near and dear to our heart, which are the widow, the orphan, the poor is kind of our thing. Um, and so, you know, as a business owner, I've, everything I do is measured through that lens and it becomes all of a sudden Anne-Marie's crystal clear. Um, I'll give you an example of that. We, uh, for Women's History Month, uh, I launched a Women in Power Girls of Legacy initiative here in Texas. And I'm having an event in two weeks Um and we're going to scholarship seven um, inner city girls to help them go to college and help them pursue their higher education. And Avantgarde is a part of that. Um, obviously, what I do, everything I do as a CEO, you know, is layered into that. But, you know, everything, the month of March is all about celebrating women that have, that have achieved success. But we can't forget the, the girls that are behind us that are our next generation of legacy. And so... When I grow the business, that's my line of sight. That yes. is the purpose, right? It's not just to grow business because I want to grow the business. And so I think that's important. And, and also understanding that your, your employees and the people that are serving need to know your purpose as a CEO, as an entrepreneur, because all of a sudden they have their aha moment. I've had employees say to me, 
I'm forever with AG as long as you're, you know, running the company and we are headed in that direction. You can count on me to stay and I will never take a competitive offer from anybody. Yeah, That's amazing in this market. And so why, why do they feel like that? It's because they believe that AG has a purpose mm -hmm. and they see themselves in that purpose. So it's so important because I do think as, as entrepreneurs, we do get stretched and we get pulled and we get asked. I mean, I'm, I'm now running the company, 100 plus practice. I, I just launched my book in October and we're doing the book tour. Um, and then I'm grandmother and mother for 30, you know, 32 years, wife, I'm, I, you know, financial planner, I'm like everything. And so, but if I have that line of sight to what's my purpose as an entrepreneur and how does it line up with what God has called me to do in terms of the marketplace impact, then I'm not going to be spread so thin that I won't be effective. Yeah. What I love about that too, and it's so important, is that, you know, the times that the, we do have challenges and so forth, and you shared one um, just before, uh, anything like that, it's the purpose that drives you forward again. And we're going to talk about leaning into grit, learning to, to fail forward in a moment. But that is the purpose that drives you forward. But also, and you've just shared that in the example that you've given, you attract the team behind you, beside you, that work around you, that continue to um, carry that fire, you know, along with them, because they're all working towards that purpose, which is obviously to, to create that legacy um, for those younger girls. And um, yeah, I love that. I love that. So was that something, let's talk about just briefly before we moving into the leaning into grit, sometimes for in individuals, particularly who may be at the, the beginning of their, their business, they may um, not really be clear on, well, what is my purpose? What was, what are some of the things that you would share? Just a few insights on how did you get clear on your purpose? Well, I think, first of all, having accountability to a partner, a coach, a friend, a mentor that you can brainstorm that with, because I, because of my dysfunction and I'm, I don't have a formal degree, I'm a high school dropout. Um, I went through the welfare to work program when I started working for Anne and Richards here in Texas, she accepted me into that welfare to work program. And I just, I skyrocketed all the way top in government um, for three elected officials. And so um, I don't know what I don't know, right? Because I don't feel like I had the upbringing that a lot of, you know, great people have. And so my, my go-to has been um, my mentors and the people that I, that I, that trust me, that I trust and just brainstorm with them. You know, what does this look like? And I'll tell you, I'll tell you how that happened with transitioning from being a government employee to now an entrepreneur. I had built 15 years of expertise in HR, human capital strategy and workforce planning and staffing. That was my expertise. And that's what I was known in government as a go-to. And, um, I started to think, um, how can I take my expertise and build a business out of it to, to create something, right? Because I don't have an entrepreneur lineage in my background. Um, you know, there, there are no, my whole family's, you know, uh, pretty much, you know, welfare inner city and, you know, didn't have a mother, uh, a, a mother around very much. My don't know my father, my grandmother wasn't married. And so all these things that I didn't have a line of sight for. So I, I surrounded myself with people that helped me kind of flesh out my purpose. I knew that I was passionate about the HR field and I knew that people trusted me and everywhere I went, there was credibility and trust and openness. And I, you know, uh, my, my former mentor who was president Bush's best friend and um, in high school and Yale, and he's been my mentor 20 years. He said to me, all you need to do is take your, credibility and your network and your reputation for getting things done for the president 
and start your business. Because I was working for someone else. I had left government when I left Governor uh, President Bush's uh, when I left the White House in 2005. I joined another consulting firm as an employee, and I started their practice. And I was growing their business by by record leaps, and, and to the point where my division became 90% of the company's revenue. But I wasn't an owner. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. And somebody said to me, one of my mentors, why don't you start your own business and do that for yourself? Because then it feeds into your purpose with the nonprofit. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I should do that. Do that? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, I, I call it the, the relationships that make or break you. Right. So early in my life, the relationships broke me in terms of my lost girl story. But later in my life, which is the remaining four chapters of the book, you can see the ascension of how my relationships and the network and the ability to strategize and, and brainstorm and pray with people and just helped me uh, come up with the vision for what I wanted to do. And the good thing about that, Anne-Marie, is once you have success and you take that leap of faith and you take that baby step, all of a sudden you win your first client and contract and you're encouraged. Then you go after the second one and then you're encouraged. And it's a snowball effect. Uh, doing the right things with the right people. It's the whole Jim Collins principle, having the right people in the right seats in the right bus going in the right direction. Um, and that's, that's really true. a powerful thing for entrepreneurs to understand. Yeah. And uh, thank goodness for those mentors and accountability partners who can often see something in us that we may not necessarily see in ourselves, but through their encouragement, we have the boldness and, and, and courage to step forward. Thank goodness you do, you'd have done that because now you've impacted all of your employees, your team, the people that you work you know, with alongside that you partner with. And of course, um, for the young girls who uh, have become part of uh, your program and will continue to do so. I mean, everything that you've shared today really leans into this last point too about uh, the grit, learning to fail forward, learning from mistakes and losses. Uh, so often we look shamefully at our losses and the things that didn't work out correctly, but so often they can be lessons learned that become the foundations upon which we can stand and move forward and move up. So what insights can you share with us today before we finish about failing forward? Well, listen, I get that failing forward um, out of John Maxwell's failing forward book. Uh, I highly recommend it for your listeners. Um, he has a great, um, you know, set of principles in, in his book, Failing Forward. And, you know, what that looks like looked like for me is I had to learn um, how to how to embrace failure and learn from it because failure is going to happen. We're going to fail. It's inevitable. We are fallible human people um, and we need the grace and mercy of a great God. And you know, I started early in my life, the first 19 years with failing miserably because of poor choices. Then I became a Christian and um, and experienced failure um, either because of the ricochet effect of my poor choices that haunted me or, um, you know, failing because it's just part of learning. Right. Um, you win some, you lose some. There's a great um, story in the book that I tell of my even my secret service clearance and how I almost didn't make it. And you know, President Bush and others came to my defense. Um, and, you know, that that was a very painful time for me. I had moved my entire, my husband and I, who also served President Bush, moved our entire family to the East Coast from Austin. And all of a sudden, I get a knock from the Secret Service to sit down in this thick binder of, you know, uh, how I'm not potentially going to get cleared. And it was devastating. 
So, you know, it's taking and embracing those situations and those experiences in life, whether it's the loss of a contract, which I shared, or whether it's something that's haunting you from your past that comes back and bites you in the tush. Mm. Um, it's just really understanding that failure is inevitable, but how we process that failure in our mind and in our heart and in our spirit and the, the way that we position our mind around that. For me, it's about meditation. And um, I'm a big fan of Dr. Caroline Leaf. Think, learn, succeed. She is a neuroscientist, Christian-based neuroscientist. She talks about the power of the thoughts to really process things like negativity, failure, um, and really re-engineering your thought process and how you how you process it. Listen, everything in our mind happens here. This is why the scriptures talk about renewing your mind, because God knows that that mind power is super important. And it's yeah. just, you know, for me, it's been about just journaling and writing out what did I learn from this issue and how can I make it better? And then get yourself up, dust yourself off and move forward yeah. because people are watching. And listen, if we're believers and we've been proclaiming, you know, our leadership um, in, in terms of our biblical values, then people are watching how we're going to manage that failure. So how we manage and mitigate the failure is just as important as how we manage and mitigate the wins. It so is. It so is. And what an what a wonderful opportunity. And, and you know, going back to the nonprofit, what a wonderful opportunity that you continue to be able to impart for the young women that are coming through. You know, and so often that the Lord uses us in those ways, isn't it? For the for the things that we struggle through, they become our own lessons. But it can be, a, a, you know, beautiful gift that we can then share with others who may be in the same situation that we were in, and we can be that light for them. All sharing, you know, um, that hope and encouragement because it's it's true. I mean, if it's a possible for someone, it's it's possible for you. But what it's going to take is all of the things, and and then of course all of the things that you've got in your book and the steps that you took and it's one day at a time one yeah. day at a time so Rebecca you've 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 dropped a hint about uh, your, your your amazing book how can people find out more about where to get that um, connect with you what's the best way for them to do that so um so if you want the book signed I uh, get it off my website at rebeccacontreras.com and I have it I have it on the website uh, discounted and I can sign it to you I'm also on amazon and barnes.com and of course um you know, globally, that's where people can get it throughout anywhere in the U.S. And, you know, Lost Girl, it, it's just it's a story of hope. It's a story of possibilities. Um, I have a chapter there at the end, which are sort of the nuggets of, of the steps that I took and, you know, what I did in order to re-engineer and reinvent myself. <laughs> I have four reinventions in the book, by the way, of Rebecca, starting <laughs> with that, you know, that little scared 19 year old, you know, on welfare and strung out um, and as a dropout. And so. Uh, go through that. But yeah, and, and they can connect with me. I'm also on Instagram uh, and Facebook at Rebecca Ann Contreras. Make sure you use the middle name Ann. And I'd love to um, I'd love to hear from your listeners. I think, you know, the book launched in October. It's been doing very well. I've been really focused, not necessarily on book sales, but focused on my message of hope. Yeah. Um, and because there's so many, I put myself out there. I call it Rebecca in the raw. Um, I, I'll share with your listeners. I recently got a personal note from President Bush. He somehow got a hold of the book, found out about him. I don't, I don't talk to him anymore. I don't have access, but he read it and wrote me a note saying he didn't realize the depth of the trauma that I had been through, but how glad he was that he worked with me. And I wanted to say, well, I'm glad that you allowed me to work with you. But uh, he's, you know, just, just having that encouragement of, of even people like 
the former president of the United States were encouraged by it. Um, and I, I hope that it does provide encouragement and the message of hope to so many people out there that need to hear the message. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think that no matter where the Lord has placed us, um, you know, in, in all walks of life, and I always say it doesn't matter whether you're the cleaner or you are the CEO of a business, we all have an important part to play that no matter where we are in, in the, the, the realm of that, you know, I think the lessons that um, you have obviously shared and spoken some about today, we can all relate to that, isn't it? We all can relate to that. And then that's where trust is so important, understanding, knowing what our purpose is so that we don't feel so stretched um, because we can't really be and show up in, in the best possible way if we are exhausted all the time and the grit and failing forward, it's important. If Because if we're not failing, that means you're not, you know what I mean? There's risk, there's yes. risk. Yes. And sometimes that risk can be really fun. And, and often the Lord will have you step into places like, look at um, Moses. You want me to go and speak to the king? And, uh, you know, he started. Yeah, I want you to go and speak to Pharaoh. I mean, where are you saying no to the Lord, yet you are positioned? He's been shaping at you to be able to do that, speak up, share that, um, be that light, be that hope for someone whilst they're going through that, that uh, their valleys. And we're saying, Lord, we're not ready. I need to do that next course. I need everything to be perfect. That PowerPoint needs to, you know. Well, yes. Just step up. Listen, for me, it's been about being thrown and just figure it out as you go. There is, there's good time to prepare, but sometimes you just need to run and, you know, yes. and begin to just allow God to lead you in the direction that he wants you to go. But thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And I uh, wish you and your listeners the very best. Thank you very much. Well, one of the things that I do, and I would love um, to just to finish off, I always love to finish off with a word of prayer. May I do that uh, today, yes, Rebecca? Please. All right, let's you. pray. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to uh, speak with Rebecca today and have her share her journey and her testimony. Lord, you know, for those people who are listening or maybe even the recording down the track, no matter where they are in their life, just hearing through the lessons and the insights that uh, things are not impossible, but so important, Lord, that even in the midst of uh, difficulty and challenges, that is so important that we learn to trust you, lean into you, seek you first, Lord. You know, as Rebecca was saying, it is so important to renew our mind every morning. That is why it is said there in black and white uh, in your word, which you have given us, um, to surround ourselves with people who can really uh, be a, our accountability partners and our mentors. And uh, we just love that uh, she's given us those insights to take away today. Father, we just want to ask for your continued blessing on Rebecca and her team, uh, her family, the work that she's doing. Let the book get in, out into the hands of every single person that needs to hear her story so that they then can continue on in using their gifts and talents, no matter where they are positioned uh, in your kingdom to bring your word out, the, the truth, the light, which we know, of course, is Jesus. And we just ask that in his precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Rebecca. I loved uh, sharing that, uh, hearing you share your story and wishing you all the very best. This podcast is brought to you by theinfluencealliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry? while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. That's theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>